0: What's up? Welcome to the Confluence DC Podcast. This podcast is meant to give you a personal glimpse into the next era of investors and operators. This week we had on Jessica Lee, who recently left her role as an investor at Soma Capital to join Zegino in a growth marketing role. In this talk, we we'll asked Jessica about what sparked her interest in startups and venture capital, how she creates personal leverage through branding why she believes specialization is falling out of favor, and why she's leaving Venture to join the operator side.
1: Confluence fam, thank you so much for listening in. Uh, you're now here for episode two of our, I don't even know what we're calling it yet, but like just our, our really, really, really cool podcast with our friends where we highlight uh, people all across the the venture ecosystem so the the dopest rising vc investors uh people who are contributing to the future of venture from a tech perspective from a content perspective from a business model perspective and then and then you know really just anyone else we think is dope and like people should hear and we have someone really really awesome here who's contributed a lot to confluence thus far and probably was pivotal in the in the first few steps of us getting a community together Um, And and that person is Jessica Lee, who recently transitioned out of Soma Capital uh, with some really good folks over there and is a Harvard grad and also runs like pretty much, I would say like 100,000 other things because, you know, she's an overachiever and I love it. Uh, Everything from Alpha to her Medium post and and a ton of other things. So uh, with that, I like to say welcome to her and and give a huge shout out to Clay, my co-founder and we can run it from there.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and I love all the stuff you're doing with the community and everyone I met as a part of it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yo, Clay, you want to kick us off with the first question?
0: Yeah, for sure. So we, um, we're we trying to ask everyone that comes on just quick 30 seconds to a minute, Like, what was your path into venture? What sparked your initial interest into startups?
2: Definitely. So I started off working in startups, I wanted to see a lot and everything that goes into running a startup and wear many different hats, but then felt like I wanted to see more companies um, than just the one or two I was working with. And so went to public markets um, to do investing and see many companies, but then wanted to get more hands on with them. And so went to invest in banking, but then felt that that industry was a little bit too deal oriented, too transaction oriented. And so found my way to venture, which I felt like had all the upsides and the of all the other roles um, that I had enjoyed before, but then not so much the downsides. Um, And so that's sort of where my interest was sparked in venture. And then in terms of more logistically breaking into my first and I guess most important break in hindsight was getting involved with Rough Draft, which is General Catalyst Student Founders Fund. Um, And so that was my first venture experience which kind of opened the door and helped me build the network and get the credentials and the skills um, to be able to work at other venture funds, mostly in the seed and series A realms. Um, um, mostly as an intern and a scout, and primarily sourcing and diligence capacities, and then joined Soma after school as the first full time hire.
1: Would you, would you say that your time in rough draft like, really helped you make the pivot? Like, how did that evolve into, into the opportunity?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. I think Rough Draft, in hindsight, is a super unique experience. I don't actually think it's um, wholly reflective of what you'll experience as a venture analyst or associate or other junior person. Um, What's unique about Rough Draft is that you're kind of the partner or general partner, um, literally. Obviously, there is some level of oversight um, from GC, but I'd call it more so. Support and true oversight and you get to have full agency pretty much obviously not just one person but um, all the partners who are part of a particular region of course I was a part of the Boston slash Cambridge area um, and so collectively you have full agency over everything from sourcing all the way to diligence all the way to the actual investment decision and so I think it was a little bit atypical um, just given obviously junior folks in names you don't have as much agency over the full process but I think being able to see see everything and sort of see one level or two levels or however you want to quantify it above me, um, like what GPs do, what principals will do, and kind of being in a spot where I actually had to be not my own literal money, but had sort of my conviction level um, really high to actually make a decision versus just make a decision to pass it up to someone else. You would then pass it up to someone else. I think developing developing that type of thinking um, and sort of that framework was super important. Um, And so I did that was sort of the key thing. And then I'd say secondarily, just meeting a lot of um, people in the industry um, and having sort of more of a network um, to start was really helpful. And then I'd say Third was even just kind of having that on my resume um, of you know having been sort of in DC before, and so um, it wasn't sort of a zero to one in terms of actually breaking in when the time came.
1: Makes sense, makes sense. I mean, so with that, uh, I think I think one, your story is dope, and when you look at your background. Like even before you got an adventure, you were putting up numbers, right? Like you, you, you were you were kind of like all over the place, killing in the Ivy League spectrum, and then also in tech and finance as well. I actually started my my career at Morgan Stanley as a student ambassador and intern and things of that nature. So uh, I, I love I love uh, the catalyst there. I would love to better understand because you are very unique in this way. Um, your thoughts on creating leverage outside of just being an investor. So, from your content to your mentorship, uh, or like formal mentoring roles across so many things, whether it be what is it like Global Founders Capital, um, Alpha, uh, Go Paladin, EVCA, uh, something at Yale. Even though you went to Harvard, <laughs> the Alchemist Accelerating, um, the Council, Techstars, all of these things, right? Like. I would love to understand your thoughts on just having such a a broad myriad of different experiences and how that's provided, you know, leverage to your career. And especially as you transition out, like how that keeps you involved in the community.
2: Yeah, totally. And that's a really great point. And I think there's this broader trend, even of shifting from specialists to generalists. I think for a long time, you know, certainly our parents' generation, even people who might be, I don't know, five or so years older um, than most of us, um, those people were kind of part of this period um, where being a specialist is really important. Um, like I know with my parents, and I imagine with many of our parents, they kind of did one thing, maybe they did it at one company and just rose up um, over their career, which is really awesome um, as well. And that's definitely one. Way to go, but I think these days you're seeing Gen Z's and sort of the tail end of millennials wanting to experience more and have more options um, and not be, you know, literally or figuratively married to a company. Um, And so I think you're seeing people who have more diverse experiences um, sometimes at the same time, sometimes um, just over a period of a couple of years, they've taken on a couple of jobs, not just one. Um, And I think there is this one aspect where people feel like, oh, you know, you're just a jack of all trades and master of none, but I think it actually teaches you a really important skill of how to learn. Um, And I think especially in this evolving landscape, like, you know, let's say I was really good at using, I don't know, like Oracle software or something. Um, And then, you know, obviously the landscape is shifting so much that maybe all of my skills, skills built up over, I don't know, 15 years using Oracle or whatever, insert kind of legacy system, all of that. Sure, I'm a specialist there and I can tell you I have 20 years of experience, um, but it's not that relevant. So I think actually what's a more important skill is kind of having this growth mindset, not even just in terms of like, you know, the spiritual aspect, but literally like the ability to be really resourceful and really scrappy and learning new skills and onboarding yourself really quickly and flattening otherwise very steep learning curves. And so I think that's actually probably one of the most important for time um, with all these different roles. I think the second thing is that I realized, especially with venture, um, as perhaps many of you have found, it's almost sometimes less the firm's brand and more the person's brand. Obviously, at the analyst associate level, it's a little bit different. And we um, unfortunately kind of can be a little bit invisible sometimes. Um, But I think especially as you move um, from principal and certainly to GP, um, people as in startup want to work with particular GPs, sure, the fund, you know, Sequoia, no one um, is going to refuse their money in, in most cases, and maybe same with A16C, but I think in most um, cases, even in those funds, and certainly outside of those funds, um, people want, people and founders want to work with specific GPs, so I think your personal brand is really important.
1: Got it. Um, as a junior person uh, at your fund, how do they feel about you putting out so much content and kind of creating that brand on your own. Was this something that they were like incredibly supportive of? Was there some type of tension or controls? I know at Point Seventy Two, we were a little bit less open to us being out outspoken
2: yeah. uh,
1: because of our relevance to Steve Cohen's brand. Uh, and now my current fund, they're pretty open to, to me doing whatever yeah. I, I might need to, as long as it's professional and, and yeah. additive to the firm. How, how, how did you view that?
2: Yeah, that's a great question as well. Um, so it's interesting because um, like kind of what you mentioned about the Point 72 experience, um, and I've had friends who I've tried to write articles with um, more like about pieces, but, you know, definitely on super innocent topics, um, you know, nothing like political or anything um, of that nature. Um, but still, they actually like came back and told me they weren't allowed to speak on behalf of their or even like sometimes I'll, um, you know, ask if they want to just talk talk to our um, Soma Capital fellows for like 30 minutes, um, like no, not recording anything, you know, super off the record and they're actually not allowed to do that either. And so I was kind of surprised, but I guess, you know, it certainly makes sense in certain contexts, depending on the firm's priorities. I think that's what I really, well, one of the many things I really liked about my boss um, was that he was super open-minded and he was really kind of the opposite of my, a micromanager um, in most ways. Um, so obviously he was close enough to the work to know what was going on at all times and be able to be a really valuable source of guidance and a sounding board, but I think what was really great was that, you know, whenever I had an idea, like, you know, for the fellowship, for example, just to kind of, um, you know, sort of mention that again, um, I had this idea and just told it to him, and he was like, yeah, that sounds good. It sounds like it'll really help the portfolio company is, and that's, you know, one of the main things that matters, and so feel free to run with it. Obviously, um, you know, I trust your judgment and you can let me know if you need any help and i'm here for you if you do but otherwise i won't stand in your way and so i think that sort of mentality is what he had around content and really any other sort of special project um, as well. And so I think that was really helpful um, as well. Um, And I think second to, it would have been a little bit different maybe if I was um, like solely, you know, just writing my own like random thoughts unless they were like super good. Um, I I think what was different was that I was mostly interviewing other people. And so I think it was helpful to showcase the firm's network um, through me and then also be more tactical um, in the advice I was giving versus just kind of like sharing my personal opinion or something super theoretical or philosophical. And so I think that was helpful, and just in terms of the nature um, of the content um, as well. And I think finally, too, um, is that it was very kind of targeted towards diverse and female. Family. Founders. And um, Anil, who's my um, former boss at Soma, is obviously a man. And so he really wanted to support um, female founders and kind of realized his own advantage as, um, you know, a male um, in, in certain ways and, and not, um, I guess, certainly part of a diverse group, but not in sort of the broad definition. And so um, he was really kind of cognizant of that and interested in being an ally and not kind of standing in people's ways. And so I think kind of that um, sort of impact angle um, was really important for for him as well.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Anil and the rest of the team. Uh, And also you all uh, partner fun. I believe it's Bo. I always always go between like Bo and Yeah, I don't think (laughs) people know that it's better. That's really really cool. Uh, Last thing, like 30 seconds on like how you can as a young investor, start to end up in similar positions as yourself. Uh, Any advice there would be great. And then we can can transition into our, our, our next piece.
2: Yeah, totally. So I think it's really important to kind of have this long term view of relationship building is um, to sort of have this like just in case versus just in time mentality around relationship building. I think that's really important. And so you never uh, maybe not never, but um, you know, you never reach out to someone for the first time asking them for something. Um, but you kind of take it, um, you know, step by step and continue to add value to them, um, even in between sort of more synchronous calls or conversations and send them interesting articles and opportunities, even money. Once after you last talked to them, um, you know, integrate them into your work, whether it's events or content. So you kind of have a small taste of working together and help to shed a spotlight on them as well. Um, you know, actually do catch up with them more often and make introductions that are helpful for them. Um, you know, think about some of their challenges and give them some advice as well. So it's more targeted. Um, and so I think kind of doing all those things is really valuable because people, um, you're continuously remembered by people in a very positive way. Um, then you can also kind of even build a community around yourself obviously you know unofficially but um even kind of making connections between different nodes of your network where value could be created that value can be associated with you and so i think that's really helpful and i think also even just like whenever um you think of someone obviously in like a normal way like just reach out to them i think sometimes like you know we think of someone like oh you know i wonder how so-and-so is doing or like oh i just remembered like so-and-so starting a new job or like so-and-so's um you know just let around or like whatever and so instead of just laying that thought past, just like reach out to them and congratulate them or ask to catch up or, um, you know, see how they're doing or, you know, whatever it is. And so I think kind of like, um, you know, thinking about people, but not just like keeping it on your head, but actually engaging with them um, is really helpful. And so um, I think that's all, um, you know, great ways to kind of build your network and then be able to, um, you know, work more together in VC. I think other investors have been a great source of deal flow, um, but I think also just a great source of friendship, especially because VC can be people think it's a very social industry, but it's actually um, social in that your calendar is patched with calls. Um, but it's actually a little bit lonely as well since um you know you're kind of having all these like 30 minute calls with people um and you might never talk to them again or you might only talk to them you know twice in a year or something unlike um you know the operator world where you're just meeting with the same three people every day for, for better or worse. But I think with BC it can be a little bit um you know breadth over depth. And so anything you can do to kind of create that depth while still obviously preserving the advantage of the breath is really helpful.
1: I totally agree. I think, um, and you're in the first stages of venture or if you get in venture when you're really young, which I think all three of us got that benefit. um, It's like, oh my God, I mean, all these dope ass people, like they're all my friends, but I have, as I've started to get a little bit more uh, tenured in the space, realizing, you know, at a certain volume, right? Once you get good at this thing and the the ball starts to flow, you're meeting maybe two dozen or more people every week. And like, it is hard to actually have like, a strong one on that. Right? So I think the brand building, finding ways to actually continuously add snippets or small conversations, and and truly know people is huge. And I think you do a great job at that. Clay does a phenomenal job at it. And uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate you highlighting all of those things. Clay, do you wanna you wanna hop in and and talk about uh, Jessica's grand exit of venture uh, and leaving us as losers behind to go make some real money? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know you just wrote a piece on Medium that's gone viral about some of the main lessons that you've learned during your time in venture, but wanted to kind of hear more just directly from your perspective. Like, what are the main lessons for leaving venture? Why are you excited about the new role? Um, and also wanted to kind of give you an opportunity to talk more about what you're doing in the new role as well
2: yeah totally so I'd say like I learned so much in venture and I'd say kind of the main theme really is this kind of like growth mindset even going back to the conversation around taking on different roles and the whole movement towards everyone becoming generalists or like the advantage of generalists I think with venture it's really interesting because when I first joined I was like wow I um, you know I'm grateful to be here as a young person but I also feel like a little bit lost like I have no network I mean yes I met people in college but you know all of us are still all one year out of school or less than that, um, or still in school in some cases. Like I definitely don't have, you know, a network gathered over like 20 years spent working in different companies or industries. Um, And then I also was sort of similarly on the knowledge front, even beyond the peer network front, I was like, I learned a lot in school, but that was all very theoretical and academic, like a typical liberal arts college education. I don't really have um, any sort of kind of insight or or learnings um, in sort of the real world. And so I felt really lost for both those reasons. And I think what's really beautiful about venture, and one of my mentors gave me this advice, I really, really appreciated and remember all the time, um, is that in venture, I think perhaps more so than any other industry, it's really helpful to actually forget your age, not in like a, you know, negative way, um, especially if you're young, obviously, and your age might be sort of like a um, fear factor um, for you. Um, and instead kind of um, be in this sort of mindset that you can change anything. So like, sure, maybe you don't have a network, but go out and meet people and those people become your network. Maybe your boss has much more of a network than you. Obviously that should be true. Have him invite you or her invite you to meetings. And then the people you meet with that he or she meets with also become um, in your network network as well. Um, And, you know, on the knowledge front, similarly, like I'm sure um, as VC investors, we've all experienced like, um, you know, looking back on even just a couple of weeks doesn't have to be like a year or anything crazy. Even just a couple of weeks of diving deep um, into an industry, whether it's you know some you know seemingly um, very nuanced area of insure tech or um, you know some um, version of like supersonic jets or like whatever it might be, we're um, like wow! Like two weeks ago, we knew nothing about this space. And if you had asked me two months ago, like would I ever dive deep? I probably would say no. But here I am, and with like so much knowledge, obviously not enough to like start a company, perhaps, but like still definitely enough to kind of talk really intelligently about and evaluate companies. Um, And so I think um, kind of being able to be in this mindset of controlling your own network and controlling your own learnings and controlling your own destiny and impact um, is super important. So I think that's perhaps kind of the biggest thing um, that I really learned. And I'd say secondarily sort of all those things I um, previously mentioned around relationship building. I think in I always had this very like transactional mentality to relationship building. Um, And I think that's sort of just a product of, you know, where we are in the ecosystem in college, where, you know, need a job after school. And so um, conversations can be a little bit transactional, but I think in venture, I really, especially through Neal, who's just such a great relationship builder. I learned a ton about the value of building these long-term relationships and how to actually do that as as briefly mentioned before. And so I'd say that's sort of the second thing um, that I realized um, as well. And then I'd say um, sort of the third thing um, is probably just this aspect of um, having intermediate um, KPIs um, and being able to um, kind of measure my success in a more internal way um, and kind of feel happiness and feel growth um, and, and be intentional about growth um, that way. I think venture is such a long-term industry and so kind of finding your own style and finding your own happiness and um, finding your own way of doing things and measuring success is really important. Um, and then to the last bit around um, you know where I am now, so wanted to, I think, venture I was learning things at a very theoretical level. And so I wanted to really kind of be able to apply them um, in more of a hands-on way. And so um wanted to move towards the operator world for that. Also wanted to see how a company was run internally. I think, um, you know, Facebook or Google would have been too big um, to really see anything, and then obviously a two-person team would have also been too small, and so um, joined a um, mid-sized company um, with a few dozen people, and so um, that's sort of just the right spot, at least, um, from my current thinking of of being able to kind of see how different departments within a company work together, Um, and so that's sort of the second uh, reason, Um, and the third was that, so I'm in growth marketing at this company called Zagino, which is a B2B procurement marketplace. Um, in healthcare for like lab managers and scientists and researchers to more effectively and more transparently and more seamlessly um, procure lab equipment, materials, and supplies. And so I always really wanted to kind of be in healthcare, obviously not as a scientist. My background is unfortunately not in that area, um, but wanted to support scientists and support research of innovation. Um, And then growth is obviously a super important skill for potentially coming back into venture. I think, um, you know, everything that we support our companies with regardless, I think, um, you know, of the fund um, is usually around hiring or fundraising um, or customer acquisition. And all those things have to do with growth, um, growth of some kind, growth of the investor base, growth, of the team, growth of um, customers. Um, and obviously, these days, I'm very focused on customers. Um, but I think that kind of core skill set and frame of mind um, is really applicable. And so um, kind of felt like it would be um, a way to give back to the venture community at some point in time. Um, and so I um, really like that as well. And so those are kind of the main reasons and started um, It's a Geno um, on Monday. Um, so just a few days ago and have been onboarding since.
1: What are, what are like uh, some of the fears that you had in making the jump? Like, I think a lot of venture folks get a little bit too comfortable in the space yeah. and you like, I don't really want to leave. There's a path yeah. to getting X amount of dollars. And also you start to think to yourself, like at least me personally, um, and, and Clay, you can, you can echo this or not like, hmm, am I actually qualified for said positions, right? You sit at the top now, you have access to whatever you need. Yeah. And in a startup, you know, you, you might be able to go straight into an executive thing. Yeah. Um, or you might end up starting in like a mid or entry level position. Like, yeah. how'd you think about that? How are you preparing yourself to, to kill it? Because I, I know you're going to go hard and whatever you do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, where where are you at?
2: Yeah, so my main fear is kind of a lot of what you mentioned, I feel like, like ventures is a unique part of the ecosystem where you're constantly giving, um, you know, whether it's money or time or interest or advice. And so I wouldn't say venture is easy. We all know it can be very challenging, but I think it um, is easy in the aspect that like, you know, at the end of the day, we are giving capital to people. Sure, those oversubscribed rounds that we're trying hard to get into, but Um, you know it's hard to refuse um, capital even if it isn't straight cash Um, whereas on the operating side you have to show your value and prove your value to customers um, every single day because you're obviously asking for their money in one form or the other and not that you're taking it's not you know aggressive or bad like that but it is kind of the other side of things and so that was kind of the main thing that I felt like and still feel like um, will be the biggest mindset shift and biggest challenge Um, and so I think that's sort of the main thing I think kind of what I realized too was that in my existing role in venture obviously don't feel like I'm mastered master or something but I think kind of in my particular spot in venture I felt like I was sort of plateauing I think day in, day out, I was kind of going through the motions. Not in like a bad way. I was like super engaged on calls still and like loving meeting people, but I felt like it was like relatively easy um, and not in like kind of a, um, you know, condescending way, but just kind of felt like I had really learned um, when I could um, in my role and so wanted to kind of be back to a place of being uncomfortable. Um, And I think when you are uncomfortable, like I sort of am now just sort of obviously being a few days into the job, you can get this level of um, imposter syndrome. Um, And so I think it's really helpful to kind of have perspective um, like if I were to give advice to my younger self I think it would just be like freak out less about things um, since I'm like a little bit of like a high strung person and so I'm very like um, perfectionist-y and detail-oriented which is good but it can also be overkill sometimes and I think we've all had experiences where um, you know like one particular hour of the day or one particular day we we're like freaking out over something but then we look back like a few days later um, or even like a few hours later you're like I have no idea why I was so upset and so I think kind of like like having that perspective um, all the time at the macro level as well um, is really helpful. Um, But I think that is sort of like the biggest challenge of moving from them giving part of the ecosystem to the opposite side Um, and having like, I think macro level, you have more control obviously over the outcomes of your company, but micro, you actually have less control because in venture, um, you know, macro, you have less control since you have no, um, you know, say over how much, um, you know, how much of an exit your companies will have, but day in, day out, you can obviously control those KPIs that matter how many companies you email. Um, You know, if you don't email companies, that's kind of on you, Um, but um, into the operating world, if you don't convert a customer, like, um, they could have other things going on, um, you know, you could work super hard, um, but then not kind of meet those quarterly targets um, for, you know, no technical fault of your own. And so I think that was sort of another kind of um, mindset shift and sort of like a, um, you know, challenge, I think that that is ahead.
1: Clay, do you want to close us out on our, uh, on our last question?
0: Yeah. I think the, so normally at the end of these, we'll do like quick questions, just meant to be one, two sentence responses. Um, I think you've covered really all of them, but I guess the last one that maybe we haven't covered or just would would want like one final piece of advice from you. Um, So a lot of the audience that we have right now are junior investors um, kind of skewing toward the analyst associate level. How would you advise some of these junior VCs and even aspiring VCs, people that haven't broken in yet but are listening to this, how would you aspire them to stand out from others in their fields?
2: Yeah, I think kind of really have this clear end goal in mind of what word you want to be associated with you and for you to not be like the 50th person associated with that word, but for you to be the first person or maybe second um, person, but, you know, one of the top people associated with that word. I think having that kind of focus is really important. Um, It's almost similar to getting into college where actually it wasn't that helpful to be like a jack of all trades and like, um, you know, run track and play the clarinet and also do the newspaper, but it was really helpful to kind of have this very, coherent story you're like, like the math person or you're like the environmental science person and like hone your entire kind of high school career around that given assuming it's your interest and so I think um, kind of having that long-term goal and very clear goal um, around to what brand you want to build and then backtracking based on that and optimizing your decisions um, you know not Purely, purely for that, but at least kind of having that as sort of a framework to optimize. So I'd say that's kind of the main thing. And then I'd say secondarily is like, do the next job um, before you get it. Um, so anything you can do to show people instead of just tell people you'd be great at it is really important. So I think in my case, showing that I was good at content and community. And then when I was entering venture, um, you know, showing that I could build databases of startups even before I had the job um, was really important. So I'd say those are kind of the the
1: main things. I do a mentor Someone who's been helpful to you.
2: Yeah, so Cindy um, B, um, her last name is B-I. She's been such a great supporter of me, like my entire time in venture, giving me so much great advice, like shout outs on Twitter, she's a big following. And so that's been super helpful. And she's like one of the kindest and most brilliant people. And so I'd say
0: she's the best.
1: Cool. Well, Clay, my bad for interrupting you. I just just always want to give thanks to where it's due. Paying it for. is huge.
0: Jessica, again, really appreciate it. Sounds like you were really uh, swamped with getting onboarded to the new role. So again, really appreciate you taking the time.
2: Yeah, me too. So great to work with you and super excited um, to connect with more people in the community as well. Thanks for having me.
0: Huge thank you to Jessica for coming on this week. Really enjoyed having her on, learning more about her path in and out of venture. And we hope that each of you are able to pick up something interesting along the way. For next steps, if you're an investor and have not already signed up to join, we encourage you to check out our website at www.confluence.vc to submit your info to become a member. If you have any feedback for us, please feel free to reach out directly either to Tyler at tyler at gpv.com or myself at clay at Hope to hear from you all soon.